if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, Costco food courts are bringing back this fan favorite hot dog topping, diced onions. So when you and your hubby stop at the food court, you can have onion breath on the way home from Costco. <laughs> Second, Kev, a taste of your hometown of Baltimore, Maryland is coming to a grocery store near you. They just re-released Old Bay Goldfish Crackers. Mm. Old Bay is a spice blend owned by McCormick, based in Baltimore, and it's composed of paprika, red pepper, black pepper, and 15 other spices, many are of which... They keep a secret. It is so good. They say what stands out the most is the celery powder. It's uh, Old Bay is like a, it's like has a cult following. It's like a thing. Being from Baltimore and being from Maryland, you put Old Bay, you put Old Bay on your Old Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Scrambled eggs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think I've so ever good. tasted Old Bay. Finally, a staple in school cafeterias may be disappearing. The USDA is considering banning chocolate milk saying that all that extra sugar is contributing to heart disease and diabetes in our kids. Hey, do you have any nervous tics coming up? This one is becoming rather common. Do you have any weird little tics? I had one, Kev, when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I had learned the alphabet and sign language. Okay. And I had this weird tick on my hands would be on my side. I'd be going like this. I'd be spelling out everything everyone said. Hmm. And my mom was just like, stop it. Like, <laughs> why are you doing that with your fingers? Why and you are did you... it endlessly? Yeah, I just couldn't stop. And so this is a new one, okay? Um, here's the deal. More and more young people have this nervous tick. They're speaking in over-the-top British accents when they're nervous or feel anxious in social situations. Like if you were on a date and there was a long silence, you might say in a British accent, which I'm terrible at, well, this is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, most Are they said, a little less obvious with it? And yes. Is it a little more I think it's a better accent and, than what I can do. <laughs> I should have had audio for this. Uh, most said it's something they unconsciously do when they feel uncomfortable. Hmm. Can you imagine if, like, I just started talking in a British accent every time I got anxious? It'd be a lot. <laughs> I think, okay, that might be a thing that's happening all around the world. Because I have a lot of friends in the UK on social media. Uh-huh. And particularly in Ireland, they're like, why do all of the kids here want to be American? They dress American, they act American, and, and a lot of them have adopted an American oh, accent. fascinating. And they're Irish. I would love to hear what an Irish kid, sounding what he, from TV, thinks... American sound like yeah because typically when they imitate us they sound like a cowboy yeah right the, <laughs> the actors pull it off like crazy where you like think that actor's an American because yeah. of the role you knew them in but yeah it's, I, now, I was, this is like kids yeah like you're saying right for whatever reason adopting just deciding yeah. one day I'm gonna I'm going to speak American yeah <laughs> I have a weird story at one time a, a listener came and sat next to me on a Southwest plate uh, she was lovely. And all of a sudden, instead of saying, yeah, what, back when I was waiting in the line, I said I was in the queue. And I looked at her and I'm like, did I just say queue? <laughs> it was so weird. I think I've solved the mystery of why our young people are adopting a British accent when they uh, are stressed or whatever. Why It just naturally comes out. I have a theory. We'll talk about it next. We're talking about how kids nowadays are adopting a British accent. They're just speaking with a British accent. When they get the nervous. Most natural thing in the world to do. And I think I know why it is. 
streaming and social media influencers. Whereas, like, back in the day, we'd, we'd watch a James Bond movie or a show on PBS, and that would be pretty much our exposure to a British accent on a regular basis. You would not hear that all the time, mm-hmm. right? And we'd all, we'd all even have our fake British accent that we'd all do. And, and that was our limited exposure to it. Now, I mean, we're connected to every corner of the world, and because of language, because we speak English, they speak English. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of shows we all watch. I know that we've watched more British shows in the last five years. And we were consumers of that stuff when we could get it. We, yeah. we enjoyed it. Like we were, we loved Mr. Bean before anyone knew who Mr. Bean was. Um, but for most people, their exposure to British accents has has ramped up a ton. I think you're on to something. Because like, five or ten years. Remember we've had in the news many, many times that kids watching Peppa Pig have developed is it british or australian i can't remember but peppa pig has created like little four-year-olds with a british accent But a lot of lingo that we all now use um i picked up lingo living with once one summer i was working in ocean city maryland a resort town and there were two british guys two irish guys and a girl from scotland lived in my apartment building and we became fast friends and just fascinated with each other and i picked up a ton of their phrases like saying as well or instead of saying two, going like, oh, we're going to go there as well. Or um, eh, what else? Sorry. Instead of saying excuse me or pardon me, you'd go sorry. Mm-hmm. Just little words like that. After you spend time with, with people, they just, they rub off, right? Yeah. They totally rub off and you start using them. When Madonna moved to England, remember the singer Madonna? She moved to England and everybody accused her of having a fake British accent. I'm telling you, if you lived there for like three or four months, you would start picking things up without even, without even knowing it. So I'm thinking, I bet... It's social media. I'm going to send one of my friends in the UK uh, a message on social media and see if 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 I remembered right that Irish kids are now speaking with American. You accents. know what else would be really cool to talk to a psychologist and find out why are young people doing the British accent only when they're really awkward, nervous, and anxious? Like why does it pop out yeah, then? That's interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. But let's see if it's going the other way too. If it's not just coming across the Atlantic from there to here, but here to there. We'll talk about that next. Okay, so I reached out to my friend in uh, in Ireland and got a response. Are Irish kids trying to speak with American accents? And the response came quick and um, excited. Oh my goodness, yes, it's rampant over here. I love American accents, but only on actual Americans. <laughs> <laughs> For example, my wife and I were having lunch at this cool restaurant, Middle Eastern vibe, very hip. The young man next to my table in his late 20s, clearly Irish, but making a big deal of putting on a nasal L.A. accent as if it was natural. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? So, you know, and then I said, you know, American kids are doing the same thing in reverse. And she put American kids putting on British accents. That's a turn for the books. I've never heard that before. A turn for the books. (laughs) That's a turn for the books. Irish kids have an obsessive consumption of American media, so it's found its way into into their voices. And when they try it, it sounds cringy. But I think kids always crave the exotic. I love our accents here, and I don't want to lose them. But if you walk around Dublin, all of the kids sound like the L.A. influencers and YouTubers they're following. That's oh, it. Yeah, That's there you go. got to be it. Validation. Yeah. yeah so. She probably meant, um, just like Will say, that's one for the record books. Mm-hmm. She says that's a turn, turn of the for books. the books. Bo- a turn right. of the books. Right, right, right. You know these people in the world that make us want to be a better, a better human? Well, check this out. A retired Army vet na- named Kevin... Bittenbender 
ran the Pittsburgh Marathon last week. Ready for this? 444 days after his leg had to be amputated due to injuries from a burn pit. And how's this for supportive? His surgeon also trained for the marathon and ran the whole 26.2 miles with him. It was overcome with too much emotion. I I cried. We cried. I thought about the guys I lost in Afghanistan. Every so often they would come to mind. I could fully attest that I would be a statistical number of 22 if it weren't for hope. Wow. Mm. If it weren't for hope. Kevin uh, had hand cycled the marathon back in 2022, but this year he ran it. Wow. What a guy. That's a great story. You ever talk to people that are like, oh, I don't do any social media. I just, I love to watch YouTube videos. That's all I do. Uh, Well, coming up in just a minute, what that's doing to your mental health. Hey, do you spend a lot of time on YouTube? I know I'll ask people like, hey, do you do, what social media do you do? And a lot of people will like real proudly say, oh, I don't do any social media. I just love watching YouTube videos. Okay. Uh, So maybe you don't have Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram, but YouTube is your jam. Well, since it launched in 2005, It revolutionized how people share videos online. Now, researchers suggest spending too much time on the platform can be detrimental to your mental health. They say frequent habitual YouTube users show higher levels of loneliness, anxiety, and depression. No kidding. So it's not like the exception, like, oh, no, I only do YouTube. It's, It's just like all the other platforms. It's not great for you. Huh. I wonder how, how do people decide just on YouTube? Like, doesn't, I'm not on TikTok, but I know my wife sees a ton. She sees two types of TikTok videos, animals and cooking. (laughs) And sometimes I'll just hear her laughing. I'll go, what are you looking at? She'll go, this is the funniest video of a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Amber sent it to me. My daughter's hooked on them, hooked on them too. So I guess if you're going to fill your head with something, videos of animals and cooking, not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad, especially considering what else is out there, right? This is so fascinating. I, I uh, got a Marco Polo from my friend Jamie yesterday. She um, what is that? Uh, it's where they leave you you leave each other video messages. Oh, I've wow. kind of whined about it in the past because okay. I don't like it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's coming back to me. Now. Um, so anyway, she asked for something very specific from her children for Mother's Day, and it didn't cost a penny. But oh, did it come with a cost? <laughs> I'll tell you about it next. I don't know if you heard us talking a minute ago. They they say that YouTube just is not good for your mental health, just like all the other platforms. It leads to loneliness, anxiety, depression. Well, get this. A friend of mine told me that she asked her kids. She's got two boys and a girl. um, She asked her kids for something very specific, like, hey, guys, I know what I want for Mother's Day. And they're like, "Okay, Mom, anything. We love you. And she said, "Um, it's not going to cost you any money whatsoever. But it comes at a huge price. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? And she said, we together, mom, dad, all three kids, we are giving up social media for 30 days. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. She said, I'm not going to like police you every second if you have to hop on one of the platforms because you got to like apply for a job or whatever. You know, I'm not going to. It's going to be the honor system. But I really, really want you to do this because I think it's going to be so good for your mental health. A couple of her kids are dealing with some anxiety and some issues. And uh, one of her kids is dealing with some fears. And he just feels like he's filled with fear. And she said, we are going to try this for 30 days as a family. And she was letting me know because she's like, hey, if you want me to know anything about what's going on, you're just you're going to have to Marco me or text me or something because I'm off. I'm I'm done. 
I got on early Mother's Day morning, posted a tribute mm. to my mom, and that was it for 30 days. And I just thought it was really cool and really wise as a mom to come yeah. up with this idea. And I cannot wait to follow their journey <laughs> to see if it helps the anxiety and some of the issues that our kids are but having. How, how will you follow their journey? They're not on social media. You'll have to text her. I was going to say call. <laughs> no, text. She, do you Nobody know this is talks. one of my friends we'll who like text. openly says she's not a phone person? I am a phone person. I love mm. talking on the phone, but mm. she is not. So yeah, I'll text her. <laughs> or Marco her, because that's all yeah, yeah. she likes. Well, isn't that technically social media? No? No, that, no, no. That's no, just no. an app. Got yeah. it. So I have a question for you. Your friend and, uh, and her family gave up social media for 30 days. Just got started. Yeah, it's gonna be a big. It's gonna be a big month with having you know their teenage kids. Yeah, 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 college age. All college age kids. I have a question for you. You're getting ready to go on an awesome vacation. You'll be gone what out of the country for like a week or so. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you thought? I'm not gonna post anything on social media. I'm taking a break. This is a vacation. I am not gonna do it. Have you Have you thought of that at all? Hundred percent. I'm not doing it. No kidding. I'm not posting. There won't be one post. Nope. nope. I'm going to keep a a old school little diary. Because normally my picture, okay, when I travel, my posts become like a diary. Because like under the photo, I'll put like, this is Lake Lecco. And like I, if I want to remember mm-hmm. it, I can go back, go back and, and look. Go back and look, right, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to take lots of photos and I'm going to um, use just an old school little like, notepad no and kidding keep track of what we saw and what we did that wow. day yeah i'm very excited wow. and i'm debating about it's so funny you uh-huh. ask that because just like i'm not making this up five minutes ago i was like could i go the entire week with never checking email once like mm-hmm. is that you know would it kind of get me in trouble with work by just falling off no, the face of the earth for 10 days you're on vacation you totally should so do i was that. debating about that i'm like you're wow that, that means my phone would literally be coming with me on my trip only for the camera 100 percent. that's come, it you will come back a new woman yeah you think oh, yeah. so oh totally you should absolutely like a do total that. brain defrag yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Are you, you going to do it too? Because you're going, you're doing some travel next week too. Are hey, you going to take a little? Don't pull me into this. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to check your email anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just not ready to make that kind of commitment. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. Some things are better than others. Some specific things. Some things have the same name as other things, and one version is better than the other. I'll start with one that I think you'll totally agree with. Dove chocolate tastes way better than Dove soap. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Domino's pizza tastes way better than Domino's game pieces. Yep. Yep. That's and then good. crabs are, they taste much better than they are pets. Yes. They would <laughs> hurt you, right? Some you? things are just better than others. <laughs> Do you have a really specific morning routine? Like you just, oh, it's yeah. like set, like you get up, you get. For me, it's two glasses of water. I do my quiet time. I do a 10-minute yoga video. It's like it's like clockwork. Well, believe it or not, there is a little six-year-old who's gone viral for his morning routine. Mm. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you about this cute little guy next. So who knew a six-year-old would have such a stringent morning routine? But there's a little six-year-old boy in New York City. His name is Ayan, and his mommy posted a, a video of him and he's casually drinking lemon and honey tea and reading a book. 
no at kidding. At 6.30 in the morning. Wow. As if he's like Mr. Businessman wearing business suit with his briefcase, <laughs> having his coffee and reading the paper. I mean, it is hilarious. <laughs> and then the mom at first was like, who does he think he is? He's six years old. Mm-hmm. But then she realized, you know what? I'm glad he has this little moment of calm to focus himself before he starts his day at school. I think it's a good thing. And he's at the little tiny kids table. Hmm. It is adorable. <laughs> so I was talking to uh, a former intern of ours the other day, Kev. Wait till you hear the latest on, on her kids. But um, she told me that her children saw something that when we were kids was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that a million times to them. It was like this relic. They couldn't wait to see this item. Hmm. I'll tell you what it is next. So this is really fun. See if this has happened at all with your kids. I was at a lunch yesterday, and one of our former interns, Morgan, was there. Remember Morgan, Kev? Mm -hmm. Uh, We Mm -hmm. knew her way back when she got engaged, and she did the running of the brides for us on the show. And now she said her oldest son is going to be a freshman in high school. No way. And her little baby girl is turning six. See, I remember her when she was just barely older than a freshman in high school. I know. I know. So uh, she told me something that I was like, no way. That's such a great story for the show. And I wonder if it's happening to other parents. So she took all the kids to this archery convention and we were talking about how there just no one goes to the mall anymore. Mm-hmm. But she said, oh, we went to this archery convention and all the kids were like, look, mom, it's an escalator. Can we please go on it? Can we an go escalator? ride the escalator? They had never seen one in their entire lives. Because if you don't fly in an airplane, there's escalators in the airport. And if you don't go to the mall... You never see an escalator. And they thought it was the most amazing novelty that they had ever seen. No kidding. And they were like, Mom, Mom, please, please, can we go ride the escalator again? (laughs) (laughs) At this archery convention in this giant convention center. They had no Buddy the Elf fear. No. (laughs) (laughs) Of the escalator. So what I want to know is what is something like that that was just so normal to you in your life? That your kids are like, wow, look at that. It's an escalator. Hmm. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Sarah, we're talking about stuff that's like brand new to our kids, blows them away. And for us, it's no big deal. It's stuff we grew up with. What is it for you? We were out in Vegas the other day with my eight-year-old nephew, and he saw a payphone, and he said, look, that's what's in my storybook. (laughs) And I thought I was going to hit the floor. I said, what? That's in my storybook. I'm learning about that in school. I'm like, oh, my Lord. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's it's a payphone. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! Do you know someone who's gone above and beyond to love and care for children? So many in our lives, right? Well, check out this couple. Cora and Stan raised three kids. And after their children grew up and moved out, they found themselves wondering... What are we going to do now? What's act two? Cora told her husband it's way too quiet and asked him if he would consider becoming a foster dad. Well, fast forward to today. In the past 34 years, they have fostered 130 children. What? They always take them on vacation every summer. They think that's a big part of their their growth and being part of a family. Mm. They keep in touch with all of them. Some have even been in prison. And they go visit him in prison. Wow. Now they're, they're in. Yeah. Now their biological daughter, Tammy, is a foster mom, too. Cora is now trying to encourage other parents to foster. She said, 
I think once they try and see how these kids are so hungry for attention and love, Mm -hmm. you can't help but want to help them. There's always another one and another one, but God finds a way to take care of all of them. Wow. What a story. They're my heroes. No kidding. I watched my niece foster seven, and that was was a lot. Can't imagine 130. Hey, coming up, do you wish you could have a more peaceful relationship with your teen? This may help. Do you wish you could have a more peaceful relationship with your teen? These steps may help according to uh, what she calls herself a not-so-perfect mom of two. Hmm. Number one, try not to nag. Be firm, but not nagging. Sometimes just the tone of your voice can ease the stress in the room. Number two, feed the beast. This mom says, never underestimate the power of hangry. <laughs> Make sure you give ways. your kids a snack. That goes both ways, mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the third and final idea to uh, to help, you know, have a more peaceful relationship with your teen. Rules rule. Stick to the rules. Setting and enforcing boundaries is an important way to keep your teen safe and show that you love them. And they say, she says it's never too late to create a new list of rules for the family or to start enforcing the ones you already have. And by setting expectations, it's going to help you avoid some of the many power struggles with hmm. teens. Let's talk about this. Because I have four kids. Thank the Lord they're all past their teen years. Our youngest is 21 now. But man, those teen years, I'm telling you, when, when right when middle school hits, it's like, boom, a switch goes off. And all of a sudden, mom and dad are like the most annoying creatures the good Lord has ever created. If you're feeling that, no, you are not alone. Everyone goes through it. I don't, I don't care what the Pinterest pictures and the Instagram pictures look like. Every parent feels that. And it, it can be hard. A Mother's Day, I saw a meme, Taylor. It said, Mom, sorry for all the stress I put you through. If it helps, you only know the half of it. Oh, yikes. <laughs> I think every parent, uh, every everyone can relate to that in regards to their parents. But then when you think about your own kids and the grace that we probably need to give them, too, as they uh. navigate these rough waters of the teenage years, it, it can be a big ask. And we'd love to hear from you. How are you handling those teenage years or how did you handle them when your kids were going through those middle school and teenage years? It can be so hard. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Jenna, it's Kevin and Taylor. So you're working on trying to make that relationship with your teenager better. What, what, are, what are some of your tricks? Well, I'm a big believer in enforcing the rules. And sometimes my husband has to remind me of this because I tend to be sort of the easier parent of the two of us. He uh. works with middle schoolers, so he knows. <laughs> and I had an experience on Sunday, Mother's Day. My daughter is, has certain chores she's supposed to do. I hadn't done them, and I went to her and I said, please get your room clean so I can give you your allowance. I ain't working on it. You know, the tone was there and everything. And I said, I'll come back in a little bit, but if the room hasn't been cleaned, I might take your phone away. And I came back about 20 minutes later, and the chores still hadn't been done. And I was like, well, please give me your phone. I'm almost done. Give me your phone, and when you're finished, I'll give it back to you. Just Ooh. stayed real calm, didn't, Ooh, you know, get ruffled. Yeah, that was good. And she handed over the phone, grudgingly. 20 minutes later, she came down. Tears, you know, all of this stuff. She like, my room's finally done. I was like, great, let's go upstairs. I'll take a look at it, and if it's done, I'll give you your phone and your allowance. Oh, trust but verify parenting. I like it. <laughs> Everything was done, and I handed it back to her, and I said, I don't do this to be mean to you. I do it because I care about you. You know the expectations. The next, the next few days, 
we've been great. She talks to me. There's no pouting. I haven't had to remind her of stuff. And my husband said, teenagers, they want to feel in control, but they want to know that you actually are in control. So Mm. just, it's tough. I, I willingly admit, but I'm just saying this to all those parents out there, set the expectation and then enforce it calmly. We're talking about uh, teenage kids and how they can just drive you absolutely crazy. And if you're struggling with yours right now, every parent goes through it. There is no such thing as a kid who just sails through adolescence in those teenage years with, you know, like no, no problems, no, no cause for alarm, no, no sleepless nights for mom and dad. It just, you know, it just doesn't happen. And having had four kids, a couple of things that I've learned. The number one thing is we've got to be willing to afford our kids the grace that we want God to give to us. When I learned that, it was it was a huge game changer for me because, you know, as as a parent, you can you can set these expectations of your kids, you know, demeanor, behavior, all of these little things. And and you're not giving them the grace that you want. The second thing is you don't know what's going on in their world. Right. Be it at school, on the school bus, online. You have no idea a lot of the stuff that they're dealing with. And it might be something pretty serious that they may or may not be sharing with you. Hopefully they've got a good support group of friends, maybe youth pastor they can talk to, whatever. Um, But they've got all that going on. And then you're coming down on them about, I said, clean this room. Having no idea the emotional stress they're going under. And then they just, you know, roll their eyes and go like, "Okay, I'm going to get on it. Because they're not lashing out at you. They're lashing out at the the entire situation that's going on. And then uh, the last thing is, I think we learned this from from Kevin Lehman. If you're worried about your kids, um, he's the guy that wrote the birth order book. He's He said, what is your kid's heart like? Is there Do they have a good heart? Is their heart, you know, are you, are you teaching them the things of Christ? And are you sowing seeds in their heart with that? He was like, that's as teenagers, you, you got to trust that God's going to do something with that. You might not be seeing, you know, the fruits of it right now, but you got to trust that God God's going to do something with it. So I took encouragement out of that as well. And we have four great kids. I love all of our kids. They are all profoundly different. Um, some super easy peasy through adolescence. Some the full write up that we were worried about every minute of every day. But we got through it with all four of them, and you will too. So hang in there, mom and dad.